We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back, Pack a Day Podcast fans. My name is Tyler Grzegorek. Today I am joined by Gage Bridgeford as we give you our Sunday, June 21st episode of the Pack a Day Podcast. That is episode 696 if you're counting at home. Uh, Gage, how about you tell the fans that we're talking about today? Today we are talking about who we, who of the Packers we would expose to an expansion draft. Um, the last time there was an expansion draft was back in 2002 when the Houston Texans came into the league. Um, and that's kind of what we're talking about today because obviously there's always talk about what if the NFL expanded to Europe or expanded to markets that don't have a team anymore or something like that. So I thought that that'd be kind of an interesting topic for here for people to enjoy on the weekend. Yeah, and when we started looking through some of these potential players that the Packers would be putting up into this pool for the expansion team to select, it it actually ended up being a very difficult exercise. Um, you know, when when I started thinking about it initially, I was I had a bunch of guys in mind that I was like, okay, we can put that guy, put that guy up. But uh, why don't you go over some of the rules that we had to kind of abide by as we were going through the Packers roster and picking these players that would go up into this expansion pool? All right, so abiding by the rules from the 2002 draft, I'm sure they would probably be different now, but that's the ones we're using today. Um, 
you cannot put any punters and kickers, so no specialists. Sorry, Mace Crosby and J.K. Scott are still here. Um, you cannot put any player who plays, and we're operating that this would take place after the 2020 season, so nobody that's going to be a free agent in 2000 and 2021. Um, you can't put any anybody that's on injured reserve, so that doesn't really qualify for this exercise. Um, nobody that's going to be an un- a restricted free agent at th- at the end of this season, and then only one player older than ten years. So you can only do say Mercedes Lewis and Rogers. You can only do one of those two players. I'm not saying that that's who we're going to nominate. Those are just my examples. Right. And the timeline with which this draft would take place would be, like you said, following the 2020 season. And so it'd be before free agency uh, and before the draft. So. Uh, just kind of using that as perspective to why you might list a certain player in, in the pool or, or not. So without further ado, uh, why don't we kind of just jump into this thing? So um, we came up with a list of a consensus five players that we would put into this eligibility for selection um, of the expansion draft. And the first one that we're going to put in there, and I don't think this would be a huge, huge surprise, um, but I mean, I think the player still has value, and that's going to be Dexter Williams. Um, I think this was the easiest one for us to agree on as a player who the Packers probably don't have a future for. However, there is that potential with the departure of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, who could be leaving this this coming offseason, um, for Dexter Williams to have a future in Green Bay as a backup running back to A.J. Dillon, however they choose to handle that position moving forward. However, some other team could find uh, find value in Dexter Williams as a starter moving forward. There was a lot of promise when he came out of Notre Dame. Um and, and honestly, I thought Green Bay was a great fit for him. I just don't think he's kind of grasped, grasped onto the NFL way of doing things yet. And hopefully year two will change that, change that for him. Excuse me. So Dexter Williams, uh, would be our first player going into the pool. What were your thoughts on Dexter Williams, Gage? Um, I thought he showed a little bit last year between the preseason and training camp and whatnot, but I just, it's already, it was already a crowded running back room with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, who both have defined roles on this team. Like, you go to a team that has a, a bell cow guy like, uh, Carolina with Christian McCaffrey. It's him, and then occasionally you'll see the other guys. You, but in Green Bay, there's two guys who are both gonna see the field every single game, and they're both gonna split the snaps pretty evenly, and Dexter Williams is gonna be lucky to touch the grass, even, like, for handshakes and stuff. I mean, he was an exciting guy for what he might be able to bring. It was just a bad situation for him to come in and contribute right away. So it, I thought it was a pretty easy decision because it gives him an opportunity to possibly go be successful somewhere else. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, I was not necessarily the biggest Dexter Williams fan um, for the 2019 draft. However, I, I definitely thought the, the talent was there and the physical ability was there. So to see him latch on somewhere else would actually be pretty awesome because I think that he does have some talent. Um as an NFL uh, potential player. So moving on from Dexter Williams, um, our second player is one who has not yet lived up to his name, and there's a little bit of a shroud of mystery around him, if you will. Um, That's going to be Josh Jackson. So Josh Jackson came into the 2018 draft, uh, the same draft where they drafted Jair Alexander, and Jair Alexander has been far and away the better player, which, I mean, the, the draft pedigree should indicate that was the thought going going into the process. However, Josh Jackson was highly touted coming out of Iowa. I don't think he's ever really found a home in Green Bay. I don't think he's ever really been put into the correct role. 
I, I do believe Green Bay drafted him with the intention of converting him from a zone corner to a man corner, and I think that that project has relatively failed. Um, so now we're sitting here with two years left on Josh Jackson's rookie contract, and he has yet to play a significant number of snaps for this Green Bay defense going into his third year. Um, I think at this point in time, uh, there is little chance of him having a future in Green Bay. Uh, and that can certainly change with the upcoming season. But what were your thoughts on Josh Jackson? I'm so disappointed that he hasn't been better because coming out of the coming into or coming out of the draft, I was thrilled to see that Green Bay had gotten him at the point that they did. Um, and then Jair, with Jair playing so well, it just makes it more of a glaring issue that he hasn't been able to be successful because Jair has been a really strong uh, corner in man coverage. Uh, he's got the length. He, we saw the ball skills when he was at Iowa. He he has the talent to be a better player, and I don't know if it's just a bad fit because they're trying to force him to be a man corner instead of his own corner. And that goes to one of those instances where I'm like, well, let him do what you know he can do. Like if he can be his own corner, give him opportunities to be better in, like give him an opportunity to be that guy because they've relied on Tremont Williams. And I understand that you don't want to throw guys in and just have them get ran over and made to look silly and not actually learn anything, but he also hasn't gotten the chance to really see the field. And I don't know, I don't know if that's just a matter of practice or LaFleur and McCarthy both were like, you know what, Tremont Williams knows what he's doing. He may not be as athletic as Josh or whatever, but we know that he's going to play fundamental football when he's out there. So I don't like exposing Jackson from the standpoint of I think there's still so much untapped potential there, but it could just be that it's it's not ever going to work out for him in this system. Perfectly said. And when we were going through this list of players, Josh Jackson was certainly not one of the first players we, we, we settled on. He was one of the last ones that we had to pick, considering the exercise asked for five players. And he was really one of the final choices that we had to make to uh, to put into this pool. Um, and w- with Josh Jackson, last year he was suffering from an injury. I think that kind of really set him back and um, just didn't allow him to really take the steps of progression that you would want him to take in his second year. Um, hopefully that changes going into his third year. Uh, I still believe the talent is there. You know, there are certain things that uh, can't really be changed. Uh, I mentioned it before with Josh Jackson. He was never really going to be a good man corner. When you talk about uh, those types of players, the the guys who can match up man-to-man with any player, it, you're looking for that fluidity in the hips. And at corner, that's probably the most important aspect in general, but the zone, the guys who play zone and specialize in that area can really, really uh, enhance their game without having that athletic ability by being smart and having great ball skills. And that's where Josh Jackson uh, really, really thrived at, at Iowa. And I, I think that that's what they need to put him in, like a situation uh, in Green Bay, that that's a situation they need to put him in. And maybe playing something like a single high safety with Darnell Savage would be something that you could do to really put him in that type type of role where he can get the ball in front of him and all he has to do is worry about going and attacking the ball. So let's see what Patton does with him uh, moving forward. But at this point, I just don't think he has a future in Green Bay. So now we're starting to get into uh, the part of the conversation with these final few players of are they worth the money that they are currently receiving? Um and the first one on the list is going to be Dean Lowry. So Dean Lowry uh, signed a contract extension last offseason. Um, he has, certainly hasn't been bad, but I, I just think you see what you get with 
or you get what you see, I should say, with Dean Lowry. You're not really getting anything more um, than what he is on the field, which is just a solid player. Um, and he's he's receiving about five to six million a year, depending on what year you're looking at here. And so, is he worth the five to six million? Probably not. And when you when you start looking at um, the the youth behind him with Montrevious Adams, who's still looking to break out. He's had some injury problems early in his career. Kingsley Kiki, who uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kingsley Kiki. I think that he can do big things in Green Bay. Uh, I think that they, the Packers coaching staff, thinks highly of Trayvon Hester, who they brought in this offseason. Uh, another semi-younger player. I think he's 25, 26, uh, looking to latch on somewhere. So Dean Lowry, I don't think he's worth the value of his contract, but he's a very, very solid player. Uh, what are your thoughts on Dean Lowry? Uh, like you said, you, what you see is what you get. I don't think he is anything outstanding. This isn't a dig on him in any way, although it sounds like one. It's just he is you're not you're not going to get anything special out of him, but he's going to play relatively fundamental football all game long, and that's great. You always need fundamental players that are going to do that. But I don't want to pay a guy six point three million dollars. That's his cap hit for twenty twenty one. I don't want to pay him that much money for to play fundamental football when I could go get put Kingsley Kiki in. Who, granted, yes, we don't really know what he is at this point, but he's only he cost me nine point or nine hundred twenty eight thousand dollars against the cap. That's a saving. That's a what is that five million dollars? Five point five million dollars or whatever it is. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of money that I'm saving that I can go allocate towards someone else by and. Yeah, I'm gonna get subtracted a good player, but I have other good players that I brought in. And lineman, I think, is a little easier to re- replace the production level you're getting, especially out of Larry, who's never been a big sack guy. His thing is more like just being a body and whatnot. So he fits the scheme, but I'm not hurt by losing him. And also, one thing I didn't mention uh, to you guys before is that once one of your players is like picked. So say somebody were to grab Dean Lowry, you could pull back two of your players. So if you have two players where you were like, you know what, I'm okay with losing that one, but I'm going to keep these two, you can do that. And then if two of your players get selected, you can take back everybody. So I believe it's two. It's either two or three. Yep, if two players are taken, you can pull back your remaining three. So Green Bay and whoever else would not lose all of their players unless they wanted to. If you want to keep all five out there and they all five get picked, you can let that happen, but that's on you. Okay, and so moving on, Dean Lowry. Uh, you know, I think I heard this somewhere, and I can't remember where I heard it, but um, I do tend to agree that defensive line talent in the NFL right now is as deep as it's been in a long time, um, and th- there's defensive tackles across the league who are impactful um, on a game-to-game basis and defensive ends who are who are – Playing multiple positions along the defensive line, you know the 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 defensive line talent and versatility across the NFL is as deep as it's ever been. So I'm okay with losing a guy who is just solid and fundamental and and trying to kind of piece the puzzle together and really find a replacement after the fact. And if I could save that 5.5 million dollars, maybe I can give that to a guy like a Kevin King who could see a reduced contract coming in 2021. Hopefully, I guess for the Packers' sake, he sees a reduced contract. Um, you know, but they're going to have a lot of guys they want to resign. The top three are probably Kevin King, Devin Bakhtiari, and Kenny Clark. Every single dollar is going to count uh, when it comes to resigning those guys. So if they can save just a few million by uh, some team taking on Dean Lowry, I, I think it's worth exploring at that point. Um, moving on, I think along the same um, 
same vein or the same thought of us, the same school of thought in terms of uh, what the Packers should do here. Uh, Christian Kirksey. So we haven't seen K- Kirksey play a single snap in the Green Bay Packer uniform yet. However, he's making quite a bit of money. So you're hoping he's going to be productive, but at the same point, if a team is willing to take him off your hands and you have the ability to, again, you've been reset, you have the ability again to go find a replacement for Kirksey in free agency or the draft and a more cost effective version of a starting middle linebacker, I think you have to, I think you have to explore that, that route. And Christian Kirksey is going to be making, I think he has a $13 million hit or he's making 13 million in 2021 or something like that. So he's making quite a bit of money. Um, to come into Green Bay for two years and, and, and take over that starting linebacker role. So if some team is willing to take on that money, I think um, it's not necessarily a bad contract yet for Green Bay, but it could be a bad one in 2021. Uh, I don't think there's a ton of guaranteed money tied into it, so his uh, his cap hit might be a little bit lower. I'm not sure, but the point so, is, yeah. So his uh, base salary is three, uh, signing bonus two million, so five, and then 2.275 for roster bonus and a $250,000 workout bonus. Dead cap two mil, cap hit eight million is actually, so his cap hit is the full value of that second year. So, uh, I'll have to find out where I saw 13 million then. I saw it somewhere, but, um, the point is he's making a lot of money, hasn't played a single snap yet, so, uh, if Green Bay can get out that money and find a cheaper replacement, which they've shown to be difficult, but uh, if they have something in mind and they, they feel like they can um, support putting Kirksey into this pool, then I, I'm all for it. Yeah, I, I am as well. Um, you're going to have people who say, oh, well, he it's because he's injury prone. He played 16 games for four straight years before he dealt with injuries the last two so I'm not going to really knock him for that, although that is something that you could consider, especially if he deals with injuries this year. Um, but I think Green Bay already doesn't really value the linebacker position like a lot of the, like a lot of NFL teams do, as we've seen by the fact that they consistently are willing to let linebackers walk out the door and just replace them with cheaper options. Like Kirksey, yeah, two years, $16 million contract, but that's rough. That's not nearly as much as a, uh, Blake Martinez just got from the Giants, and everyone viewed that as one of the biggest overpays from free agency this year. Kirksey's uh, talented. He's young. He's still only 27 right now. Yes, we haven't seen him play, but just similar to Lowry, he makes a good amount of money. He makes eight million. He's got an eight million dollar cap hit in the 2021 season. So if I can save a little bit of money while exposing him and probably get similar levels of production at coming out of the draft, I'm all for it. Right, and as I've stated a couple times now, as we went through this roster and tried to pick these players, there was just not a lot of clear-cut options, and I think a lot of that is due to the fact of the roster turnover that we're going to see heading into 2021. There's a lot of restricted free agents, exclusive rights free agents, and unrestricted free agents heading into 2021 that the Packers are going to have to sift through and really figure out who's supposed, who's going to be a part of this team moving forward. And I think that's what made this exercise actually especially difficult because we had to pick guys that were going to be under contract in 2021 still. So um, moving forward then, Billy Turner is going to be our last guy that the Packers will be making eligible for fantasy draft, or not fantasy draft, that's basically what a fantasy draft is, but expansion draft selection. Um, so looking forward to the Packers offensive line, there's not an immediate replacement um, for Billy Turner at this point in time, um, but he's making a lot of money and I don't think he lived up to it last year. He's, again, he's like, he falls in the same uh, line as Lowry, 
just very solid, but nothing spectacular at all. You could you could even argue he's a little bit below average at times, but at the same time, he provides you with some positional versatility, which which gives him more value, uh, as well as just kind of being um, solid uh, on the line. Which when you have a guy like a Devin Bakhtiari, and last year they had Brian Belaga, uh, Corner Lindsley, and Elton Jenkins, all those guys, you can afford one guy to be um, average to below below average at times. So uh, Billy Turner would be the last guy um, that I would put into this pool. Yeah, um, we were kind of, uh, before we got on here, we were kind of debating between Billy Turner and Ricky Wagner as like the two options, but that I was like, we're, they're on the, both on the right side of the line. You can't really give up both of them. And so we settled on Turner mainly because he makes more money. Um, he didn't necessarily live up to the first year of that contract. Wagner plays a more high impact position of tackle. Um, and it's a little easier to find replacement guards in the draft. Uh, and it's a little easier to hide a guard than it is to hide a, a tackle, as we've seen. Like, you can kind of, if you have four good offensive linemen and you have guys on either side of one bad one, they can kind of mitigate the negative production there. So if you don't get an equal level replacement for Turner either in free agency or the draft, you it'll be okay because you'll still have Wagner on the outside and then Lindsley or another center on the inside. Exactly, and I think... I think the Packers look to replace Turner in the next year, regardless. So, you know, I I think that they look at this and say, yeah, I think Billy Turner is definitely one guy we can look up giving, or we can look forward to giving up actually in the uh, expansion draft. So, um, moving into our honorable mentions now. So, our five players that the Packers should submit into eligibility for expansion uh, for an expansion team would be Josh Jackson, Billy Turner, Dexter Williams, Christian Kirksey, and Dean Lowry. Now, we had a couple honorable mentions. Um, the first one I don't think is that surprising, um, Oren Burks. Uh, so Oren Burks didn't make the first cut because I think we're still trying to see exactly what he is. Um, he's a little bit younger. Um, he's also not making as much money as Christian Kirksey. So, but Oren Burks definitely falls in this conversation because I think his future in Green Bay is of a big question mark right now. Um, unless he can take a big step forward this year, he, he seemed to have struggled, uh, even though he had an injury that first, that rookie year, um, the Oren Burks is definitely going to be on the hot seat in 2020, heading into 2021. Yeah, um, like I said, when we because you mentioned his name before we got on, and I was kind of like, yeah, but we there's zero guarantee that he makes the roster next year because we haven't seen what we we're wanting to see out of him through two seasons. So this year is a make or break year for him um, to actually show, hey, this is what I can do. And if he doesn't, he'll be cut before this exercise even takes place. Also, a quick note about Turner. He actually has an out after this year um, on his deal. That would save them uh, some money over paying him in the final two years. That's probably going to be exercised at some point, considering all the money that they're going to have to allocate to other guys in 2021. So, um, that or a restructure. Something, yeah. though. Yeah, or, or, or a restructure. I'm, I'm sure we'll see plenty of restructuring coming down the pike in uh in the next few few months to, to year in Green Bay. Um, and so the last one that I want to talk about here in terms of putting these players um, into eligibility to be selected by another franchise, a brand new franchise to the NFL, Aaron Rodgers. It, it, I know I'm, we're probably getting laughs as people are listening. Okay, you don't People put, definitely stop listening. Like the <laughs> podcast, a lot of people just were like, nope, I'm done. But it, it has to be talked about. And the reason it has to be talked about He's making a lot of money. Yes, you pay your quarterback so you can win football games. I'm all for that idea. But you already drafted the replacement. You drafted Jordan Love. So let's say in 2020 the Packers 
see things from Jordan Love and they feel comfortable with him. They feel comfortable with Jordan Love moving forward. Why not put Aaron Rodgers into this pool? Maybe somebody can save you from from allocating thirty six million to one player. You know, it, I'm not saying that the Packers should move on from Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying it would be worth exploring, especially if they feel like Jordan Love can take over earlier than they originally anticipated. Yeah. I don't think that that happens. No. Though it is definitely worth considering because that's $36 million. That's 17% of your cap. For reference, that's Zadarius Smith, Devontae Adams, or Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith. That's that's multiple, multiple star players. And we've seen that with teams like San Francisco, you don't need an elite quarterback in order to get to the Super Bowl. You can have a guy that's average. So... Yeah. yeah, I said it. Um, <laughs> Jordan Love is a talented guy, uh, and we've seen instances. Obviously, Andy Herman talked about him earlier uh, last week about the production that you can get out of Jordan Love based on what he saw on the film. And he's a supremely talented kid. It's just going to take some time for him to learn. So, But if you if he got through the 2020 season and you were just like, yep, this is the guy – yeah, you could definitely expose Rodgers, and something tells me that whatever team this expansion draft went to, would he would be their first pick. Yeah, I think so too, and I, I think that's why, one, it's so hard to put him up into the pool, um, but at the same time, it does need to be strongly considered because you would be, I don't want to call it saving yourself, but you would be saving yourself from the cap situation that Aaron Rodgers' contract, which is just a way of the NFL, has put you into, and so... You could do, you could save a lot of your roster with the money that Aaron Rodgers is being paid right now. And, uh, unfortunately, it's just the reality of the matter. I, I would rather have Aaron Rodgers than probably two, you know, two other guys on the entire roster, whoever, whoever that might be, but three guys, depending on how much money you're giving out. But I would rather have Aaron Rodgers, but at the same time, it, it, it is a business. Um, the longevity of the franchise does need to be considered. And I think you have to consider that moving forward. Uh, if you have a, if you have a, basically a get home free card to get out of the Aaron Rodgers contract, it would be, it'd be a tremendous opportunity for them to do that. So, um, with that being said, we did not put him in our five players to be eligible. So please do not bash the Twitter on, or the podcast on Twitter because we did not. We just wanted to talk about it. Um, we're just here to talk about the easy things and the hard things and all the things you don't want to hear or talk about. So with that being said, uh, we're going to wrap things up today. Gage, where can people find your work and what are you working on? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at GBridgefordNFL. Um, still working on Dynasty fantasy football stuff for Dynasty Nerds. I think I have an article coming out Monday. Uh, working on some stuff for Rotoballers. We're getting into team previews and player previews for this summer. Uh, working on some NFL draft stuff. I'm not necessarily writing NFL draft content for anybody, but I am putting out just that's I'm putting out my thoughts on the class upcoming. I'm generally doing one position group per week is what I'm trying to do. I have way too many yellow notepads. So that's what I'm working on. And if you want so if you want to talk draft stuff, talk dynasty stuff, come talk to me and just let me know what's going on in your life. Fair enough. And yeah, this is definitely a, a big shout out to the Dynasty Nerds as both of us write for them. Um, I'm looking to get back into some of the preseason content coming up here, uh, training camp and preseason stuff. So the team previews and outlooks and all that jazz. So Dynasty Nerds, definitely go check them out. Uh, you can get all of their premium content for just a cup of coffee. So make sure you're, make sure you're jumping over there. Um, if you, if you ever want to talk about Dynasty Fantasy Football or just, uh, myself, 
in the NFL draft, I'm also big into that. Um, I'm over on Twitter at Tyler underscore Grez. Um, in, in regards to the podcast, make sure you go check out the Alan Lazard interview just a couple days ago. Uh, that was a really fun listen from Andrew and Kyle. Uh, make sure you're going to check that out. Um, all, as always, rate and subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Uh, we're, we're on all of them, iTunes, uh, Spotify, all of those major podcast listening channels. So make sure to go check us out. Um, and as always, go Pack Go. class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification and rejuvenation at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.